UFC fighter TJ Dillashaw got popped for EPO. So what I've done for you guys is I've brought one of the world's underground experts on P EPO, Coach Trevor here, and we're going to come at it from a little bit different angle because I am very pro performance enhancing drugs. I am pro science. I am pro performing uh, performance enhancing drugs. And this is one of the things I do is I experiment on myself. We travel around the world for the last three years together, meeting all the people in the underground that have the most knowledge and access to the most advanced performance enhancing drugs. And we further the science. So I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when performance enhancing drugs are, there are sports that actually embrace performance enhancing drugs. So when I see someone like TJ Dillashaw get popped for EPO, I say, TJ Dillashaw is one of my heroes. But on the other, on the other hand, nearly every professional athlete is using something to get an edge. So that is the norm. Um, if they weren't, they wouldn't be a professional athlete probably. <laughs> In our experience as traveling the world, Every professional athlete at a very high level is using something to get the edge. That is the whole point of becoming superhuman and surpassing our own genetics and our own limitations. I see it as, uh, you know, if I'm born, if I'm born white and I want to be black, I should be able to become black. And guess what? I can. The science exists. I can become practically black. If you're black and you want to become white, you can. And it goes for performance enhancing too. If I'm born with small muscle structure, I want large muscle structure, the science exists to have it. If I'm a terrible runner, but I want to enhance myself, become a great runner, the science exists there. The problem is that information is being suppressed. Now, some performance enhancing drugs are more risky and more dangerous than others. And all of them are just tools. No performance enhancing drugs or no drugs, period, are inherently bad. If used correctly, they can enhance our quality of life. If used incorrectly, they hurt people. One of the things we want to do is educate people on all these drugs so that if they are used, they're used correctly and people don't get injured. Now, with EPO, TJ Dillashaw uh, had, a, had a bad performance at one of his fights. So could we say that he incorrectly used EPO uh, at one of his fights uh, and didn't mitigate the potential side effects of it? That's one question. And another question is, do you think that EPO actually gives an advantage in this specific sport? Because one thing we've, we've noticed too is some athletes, unfortunately, they'll use drugs that they think are going to enhance their performance, but actually could take away from their performance. That's another reason we want to educate people so that they choose the right drugs that have the most benefits with the least risk and apply mostly to what their goals, to further their goals are. So to the first, the first question, he... Yes, he used it incorrectly because he tested positive. He got caught. <laughs> so obviously, yeah. But uh, joking aside, he was using it correctly. They just found a new form of testing for EPO, which is how he got caught. They don't come out and advertise this when they're going to do it. Um, but no, he used it correctly. It's, again, to the second question, 100%. It is one of the most, if not effective, drugs in, uh, in mixed martial arts or fighting as opposed to things that deal here mentally, because I think it's more mental than physical. Um, 100%, you know, you can't, and we'll go into that later. But back to the first side of it, I think it actually hindered his performance for that fight, because everybody says, when you drop weight, look what happens to people who drop an excess of weight. They typically get knocked out very, very fast. They either slow their endurance down, something happens. This is from dehydration, not necessarily just because they were losing a, a few pounds of muscle. You can come back from that. 
but and maybe not the cortisol, but the water loss that affects your brain, and the fact that these fucking companies have taken out IV hydration. You took out IV hydration, you can't hydrate the brain in 24 hours orally. It's impossible. Wait, are, are you saying that, that in the UFC they're no longer allowed to use U, uh, IV hydration? No, they want, you fucking, they want you brain dead. Wow, that's dangerous. And then you can't make your own decision about your contract. There you go, I said it. Um, so yes, they took out IV hydration. Now we have brain damage that's happening right now in the UFC, which we thought wasn't going to happen this quick. We thought it was only in boxing. Um, but you're seeing these fighters who are dropping all this weight. It's all coming from water, which also comes right here from your brain and your organs. People need to understand that when you get dehydrated, you, you can't just drink water and get rehydrated. How long does it take for your brain to get totally rehydrated after dehydration? Typically, 72 hours is a starting point, and they say it can be as long as a week or if not longer for all the side effects to go away and the potential problems if you are concussed or hit in the head. So this hasn't even been fully shown yet. Like there, there's, We don't even know. So we know that if someone gets dehydrated on EPO, EPO makes the blood thicker, helps it carry more oxygen, which can increase endurance performance. But we also know that if you get dehydrated on it, then your blood will become so thick that you could have a heart attack or a stroke. And this does happen in athletes more than people real. More deaths have been caused by it than known because a lot of the deaths of heart attacks in athletics, they probably didn't realize that the athlete was on EPO. Yeah, and then let me, I'll put it this way. When you're dehydrated, I'm sure this happened many times, or maybe you didn't drink a lot of water, you drink a lot of caffeine and coffee, stimulants, any of the things of, of this group. When you drop your head down and then come back up, you know that lightheaded feeling? You get that all the time. Now imagine, because you're taking EPO, your blood is so thick, you're not delivering as much, even oxygen, to the brain because it has now turned into basically sludge. You're getting less oxygen to the brain now because of this. You're dehydrated and you're not getting the water. That feeling is even twofold. That's why you see some of these people laying in bed all the time trying to rest and recover for a fight which, yeah, TJ was laying in bed. It could have been a different reason. But when this happens, now imagine getting just tapped in your head or your jaw. You're going to drop. You're not coming back. Or you're going to try to, but you're going to be loopy. It's not coming back. Boxing for you know the time that I box, I know as soon as I was dehydrated, even getting hit in the gut, I could go down. If I was tapped in the head, I would black out every time. So we know there's at least one fight where the EPO may have actually hindered his performance, but how about the previous fights? Do you think that EPO offered him an athletic advantage in previous fights? Yeah, because he was fighting at 135. He was fighting at Bantamweight. And now you go from Bantamweight your whole life, and now you're, I mean, this guy is at the most shredded athlete by far, if not one of the most shredded in UFC. And then you drop another 10 pounds, People don't get it. When you see a guy who could have walked on a bodybuilding stage and competed as a bantamweight because he is that shredded, now lose another 10 pounds. It's not all just muscle. You're also losing water. With muscle comes water. But he had not made weight until the last few days of the show. Obviously, that comes from water. And where does it come from? The brain, the muscle, everywhere. You can't hydrate in 24 hours or fully hydrate, at least not the brain. And then you have thicker blood. He was, it was asking for it, but didn't know. 
So bonus question, uh, since it takes more than 72 hours to rehydrate without IV, how long does it take to rehydrate with an IV with the perfect cocktail? Because Coach Trevor has uh, taught a lot of coaches on how to rehydrate their clients in professional athletics using IVs and concoctions that um, Trevor formulated. So with one of these formula formulas that you had made, how, lo how long does it take to rehydrate someone who's extremely dehydrated like this? So it depends on your body weight and how dehydrated you are. Let's say you were down to organ failure um, or to the point of you're going to go into organ fail failure. With bodybuilders, it turns to how fast can you get the drip to go. That's not going to be dangerous to, to actually giving it to you um, into how big their vein is. So let's put him for an example. We have hours we could push that through him, and he's fine. I mean, the brain is a little different. So when we say hydrate, we can get his tissues and his organs hydrated within that day. No problem, out the door running for a jog, and he's healthy. When it comes to your brain, because it's not fully studied, we have doctors in neuroscience their entire life still looking into this kind of stuff, and it's relatively new. So I'm not comfortable saying for the brain, but I can tell you within hours, I can have an athlete up and running. Now, without an IV, this is another bonus question. If someone wants to rehydrate quickly, uh, it's my understanding that a, a combination of electrolytes plus a fast digesting sugar like a dextrose plus a lot of water uh, up front and then continuously sipping a steady state of water is the the best that I know of to rehydrate quickly. Is there anything I'm missing? Would something like glycerol help with rehydration? Mm, yes and no, but again, there's a very fine line or a threshold between how much electrolytes, specifically sodium too, not giving any of these too fast with the amount of water you're giving. Same with potassium. Doing any one of these too fast, you throw off this ratio. Potassium, specifically the form, can throw your heart off. You can get diarrhea. And then the other thing that's uh, very crucial is if you give too much electrolytes and sodium before the water, you're going to do the same thing and dehydrate someone worse. So you really have to get some water in there at a specific amount with these electrolytes. The, the trick with the IV bag is they've already done this and mapped it out for us in a general sense, meaning some of these IV bags... I, I'm just saying IV bags so you guys know there's there's a different name for them. But they come in ringers lactate. They come in, there's so many different kinds where they automatic, they give you a glucose um, infusion already in there. They give you certain minerals or electrolytes and sodium in there. So when you give this, it's not making the, the situation worse. We give somebody distilled RO water and that's it with no electrolytes. You're not going to absorb any of that. So you're going to keep peeing and dehydrate yourself. That's one of the bodybuilding tricks of boiled chicken and distilled water and all that. So you'll actually dehydrate yourself trying to hydrate this way. So having that with the right amount of electrolytes, you can probably do it in about two days in terms of filling out the muscle and getting the muscle activated. But again, the brain is much longer. Now, we respect the privacy of all the professional athletes that seek help from Trevor especially, uh, or any of the coaches that he works with, so we never publish names or, or protocols of what people do. But if you guys want us to speculate for fun, uh, you know, let us know if you have a picture or a video of someone that looks a certain way or performs a certain way, and you want us to speculate as to what they're taking to get them to that performance level or to look the way they do, 
that's one of the fun things that Coach Trevor and me, Dr. Tony Hughes, do. That's a, that's a good game. That's a good game if you get their lab work and don't tell us and see if we can guess the compound. That'd be a good one, because we'll catch them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be swollen, swole, friends of freedom, pioneers of human evolution.